Divine Shepherd Lutheran Church and School in Blackhawk, South Dakota, is happy to share God's Word preached for you by Pastor Randy Sturzenbecker. We pray that you will rejoice in Christ crucified and resurrected for you. The waters of baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the forgiveness of sins, all for you, from Jesus. Testament reading this morning is from First Samuel, <clears throat> excuse me, First Samuel, chapter 17, 40 and following. Then David took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook, and put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David, with his shield bare in front of him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give you flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you with the name of Lord of hosts, the game of the armies of Israel, whom you have defeated. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host to the Philistines, this bird, this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is God in Israel. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with spear, sword and spear, but for the battle of the Lord's. And he will give into you our hand. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone, and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. This ends the reading. If you'll join me in the catechetical review, the sixth petition, the lead us not and lead us not into temptation. What does this mean? God tempts no one. We pray in this petition that God would guard and keep us so that the devil, the world, and our sinful nature may not deceive us or mislead us, or false belief, despair, and other great shame and vice. Although we are attacked by these things, we pray that we may finally overcome them and win the victory. The seventh petition, but deliver us from evil. What does this mean? We pray in this petition, in summary, that our Father in heaven would rescue us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation, and finally, when our class overcomes, give us a blessed end and graciously take us from this valley of sorrow to himself in heaven. 
The epistle reading is from Hebrews chapter 4, 14 and 216. Since then we have great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is the word of Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand as we sing together, Return to the Lord. Holy Gospel for the first Sunday in Lent from Matthew, the fourth chapter. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. This is the gospel of our Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you again that the battle is yours. We thank you that you loved us, that you have won the, the battle, and you have given us the victory. Continue, Father to strengthen, to fight for us and with us. Strengthen us now in the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, you just heard it with the kids, the story of David and Goliath, the real true story of David and Goliath is a great story. It's a great hero story. It has all the classic elements. It has the fierce enemy, and it truly has a giant in it. It has a great army sitting on their hands because of fear of this formidable enemy. It has an understated, underrated, good guy, a little shepherd boy, a keeper of sheep. He is the underdog in the fight, there is no doubt. 
The true story of David fighting Goliath is a great hero story when we look at it. But as we look at this story, we have to make sure that we identify the right hero. It's easy to make this battle about David and then transfer David's victory to us. It's easy for that to happen, and it happens time and time again. The underdog wins, the big enemies can be defeated, you can be the hero too with enough perseverance, with enough grit, you can receive the glory. Spoiler alert, Goliath is not the understated or the misunderstood hero. David is not the hero. You and I are not the hero of the story of David and Goliath. There's a great temptation in this story for preachers. The story is a great story. The temptations for preacher is, for the preachers are, to rob you when they tell you the story. Not maybe rob you of your goods or your wealth, but to rob you of the victory that you have through Jesus Christ alone. For many, when they preach the story, they make the story all about you. You can be just like David. You can face your giants. You can be courageous. Or maybe they preach there is value in going against the popular wisdom. All the other soldiers were cowardice. They did not want to fight. The enemy was too big and too strong. They weren't willing to risk anything. No one can beat him. And oftentimes the wisdom, making you the hero, is don't listen to the negative Nancys. Do your own thing. Blaze your own path. Fight your own fight. You might even heard someone preach about this, that it's all about your confidence and your pride. And you have to beware of that because you know your head and your pride go before the fall. Now, all three of those sermons might make a great sermon for a motivational speaker. But if they are preached to the family of God, they rob you of your hope. They would rob you of the victory that we already have because the evil one has been vanquished. They would rob you of the victory that we already have against evil and temptations because of God's great love for us. In Christ alone. The hero in the story of David and Goliath is found in one single line in that Old Testament reading. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all of this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. The hero is the Lord. He fights he wins. He does the things that we cannot do. Then out of his great love for us, the Lord who wins the, wins the battle, who wins the victory, gives the victory to us. A victory that we never earned. A victory that we don't deserve. On this first Sunday of Lent, as we look at the gospel reading, the gospel reading wants us to think back to a time when Israel was in the wilderness they had been freed from Egypt by God's mighty and powerful hand. They had not yet reached the promised land that God promised to give to them. They were wandering. 
in the desert now for 40 years. And as they were wandering there, they had no food. They began to worry and fear. They grumbled against God, doubting his intentions. Did you bring us out here in the wilderness to die? In a mighty act of love and mercy, God shows his mighty victory over every impossible situation. He feeds all the people of Israel. He feeds every man, woman, and child every day for 40 years with something they've never seen before, with manna. For 40 years, God provided every day for all of their needs of body and soul. For 40 years, their own hunger reminded them that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Right after Jesus' baptism, he's led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Forty days and forty nights he fasted. That's the same amount of time that Noah was in the ark in another very impossible situation. The 40 days that Jesus was tempted is certainly reminiscent of the 40 years that Israel was in the wilderness in an impossible situation. In that temptation, he takes us back to see God's faithfulness. He takes us back to see Israel in the desert. You see, it is not food alone that sustains the body, but the very Word of God that provides what we need in any and every impossible situation. You see, Jesus is the victor over every basic human need, including hunger. He didn't give in. He didn't complain. He suffered. He hungered. He becomes the hero, the victor, and then he gives that victory to us. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The second temptation is a temptation of trial and patience. Satan throws out the double dog dare for Jesus. He takes him up to the highest point on the temple and he says, Go ahead, Jesus, jump off. Because God said, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. In human standards, we call this a double bind, because it seems that Jesus is caught in either situation. If you don't jump, you're a coward. You're not trusting in God's promises. If you do jump, you are being bullied and led by Satan. Another impossible situation where Jesus is the victor. Jesus simply doesn't take the bait. He is confident in who he is. He doesn't have to show Satan. He doesn't have to react to the evil, to the temptations. He is confident in God and his word and his promises. He doesn't have to prove anything. He wins the victory by relying with patience and trust on what God has said in his word and in his promises. The last temptation that Satan uses, it's just an outright lie. Satan takes Jesus up to a high mountain and tries to convince him that Satan has the authority to give to Jesus everything that he sees if he'll only bow down and worship him. Satan doesn't have that authority, 
Only Jesus has that authority. He goes on to say it a little later when he's with the disciples. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus responds back to this outright lie to the evil one with the first commandment. Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And again, Jesus is the victor over this temptation. His identity is not in question. He is the victor over every single temptation. He is the hero that gives us hope. Satan likes to use that same lie to convince us to follow idols. Whatever the idol is, he does the same thing. Worship me. Worship money or power. Worship your family or recreation. Worship this idol or that idol that seems so appealing and makes promises to you that it will give you just what you desire. It seems so appealing. But remember, every single idol, especially the ones that are so appealing, will only bring suffering and death because they will separate you from this victory that Christ has won for you. Earlier I told you that when we read God's word, when we hear the great stories, the true story of David and Goliath, that we always have to make sure that we identify the true hero. The true victor in the story. It's always tempting to think that we're the hero. We're always tempted to think we're the victor because of of some victory that we've won. We're the hero because of some temptation that we have momentarily had victory over. But when you resist a temptation, thanks be to God that he has clothed you in his armor and his spirit and he has given to you that victory right there. But what about all the times where you failed? What about all the times where you have battled against Satan and you have flat out lost? What about all the times when you went willingly to where the demons dwell? The reality that you have to deal with in your own head, of your own sin, of thought, and of word, and of deed. What do you do now? What do you do with the mess when you are not the hero And you are not the victor. Well, dear saints, we confess it to the one who is the victor. We confess that we have sinned. And the victor gives us his victory. He places that in your hands. He reminds us that he was tempted and he did what Adam and Eve could not do. He did what Israel could not do. He did what you and I could not do. He did not give in to the evil one even one time in his entire earthly life. He never sinned. And he gave that victory to you. Died on the cross so that every time, every failure that you've had has been paid for by his sinless life shed for you. He is the victor where you could not be. And then thanks be to God, he gives that great victory to all of us through his cross, through his death, and through his glorious resurrection. At the cross where Jesus was unjustly crucified and gave up his life, he became the victor over every temptation. And then he gave that victory to you. All your failures forgiven, 
Every temptation you gave into terminated by his perfect sacrifice for you. Jesus is the victor over sin and death and grave. And he willingly and lovingly gave that victory to you. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, is the victor over everything that would separate us from God's promises. He paid the price with his life. He burst the bonds of death, rising on the third day, just as he promised. We learn from the battle of David and Goliath that every battle is the Lord's. Dear saints, you don't fight alone because you are adopted into his family. You are his own dear son and daughter, and he has promised to be with you always. He has promised to love you and protect you and do for you what you cannot do for yourself and give you this mighty victor. Jesus is the victor. Jesus is the victory, and he has lovingly and completely conquered all sin and given that victory to you. You, dear child of God, are not the hero, but you are forgiven by the hero. You are forgiven by the victor, Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. In the name of Jesus, amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.